Greetings and welcome. This is What's the Story Footy Gory with Rick and Sid. And we are a couple of football geeks that love a good yarn about great matches, players, managers and great teams who have entertained a beautiful game. Each week we will be picking a story or two from the recent and distant past and discussing the reason why those moments were iconic and memorable. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, Sadir. Good evening, Richard. How are you? I'm doing well, and yourself? Oh, fantastic, because we just went through the, like, hell to we beat West Ham 2-1, 3-2. Never mind. Uh, let's get to the point here. What are we doing? I was going to say, do you really want to do that to yourself today? Uh, it just makes me feel alive. You know, it's a great <laughs> feeling. It's boring just having this thing called a procession. What are we, the royal family or something? It's ridiculous. What is this, Formula One racing? I mean, no, pr- no we don't want so. to. Yeah, it's going to be a procession. Yeah. Yes, but no, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to just to get over the line with all this sort of extra fluff because this is my boys. They always give you a little bit of extra fluff. Anyway, so apologize for the Liverpool bias uh, listeners. Let's get to our topic for today. What, what do you want to talk about tonight? Um, there's a weird rule called the back pass, and I've been fascinated. Oh, here we go. I know it's been around for I don't know it's been around for years and years and years. But just start thinking about it, you know. I just was just wondering why it came about and uh, what the repercussions of the game was. Albeit it was nineteen ninety two when it when it came about. Um, it sort of sort of came. I sort of paid interest to it because I you know read uh, this book by Michael Cox called The Mixer. So he sort of you know said the the back pass sort of changed a lot of things. So uh, essentially, what it was was goalies could only handle the ball that was thrown to them, chested to them, or headed to them. Or even neat to them, surprisingly. Now, you mm. can't just flip it up to your chest and give it back to the goalkeeper. That's not allowed. Correct. I mean, some players tried to do that and didn't, did, didn't do it very well. So why did it come to fruition? Why do you think? It came to fruition because I think there were, there were, there were two triggers here. The 1990 World Cup in your beloved Italia yeah. was very, very dire and very, very hard to stomach and hard to watch. The goals per game ratio was actually very low. Um, there were instances of just like teams just being very, very shy and very, very conservative and, and just like killing time. Um, it was a classic game. I think Republic of Ireland against Egypt. Um, the goalkeeper, Paki Bonner, total time in his hands was six minutes, I think. You know, not, not in one <laughs> single play, but the entire game. Yeah. He ate up six minutes of time by holding on to the ball. Yeah. Um, so I think that, and also that there's a classic, um, there's Euros 1992, Denmark, a uh, story about Denmark. Um, they were on a beach, and uh, Yugoslavia decided to have a civil war, unfortunately. Hence, they got a call to say, would you like to participate in the Euros in 1992, please? I think that was in Sweden at the time. Mm-hmm. So they called in, and all of a sudden, they got to run to the final. And the, 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 there's, there's so many sort of... Uh, classic YouTube pieces in the final of basically they just had they had two defenders <laughs> next to the goalkeeper. You just take the ball, give it back to the goalkeeper. Take give the ball, give the ball back to the goalkeeper. He's forty yards out, pass it back to the goalkeeper. So there's a lot of things that happened there which sort of said, "Hang on, hang on, we got to make this game a little bit. You know, we got to we got to speed this thing up." Yeah. So in night in the summer of 1992 in the Olympics, they actually introduced the rule, and um, I guess it. it, it 
from my experience when I was in England, the the, uh, the EPL at the time launched in 1992, if you will, the rebranding of the first division title. And that was actually good timing for them and good time for Sky Sports because it, it did actually increase the, uh, the, it did actually speed up the game. Essentially, you know, what it did was it meant goalkeepers had to start using their feet and they probably <laughs> were used to using their feet. You know, the goalkeepers told to wear his gloves and make saves, right? Most of the time. Mm-hmm. And albeit in the, in the modern day, we see Allison, we see Edison and those guys who are just uh, good footballers as they are, shot stoppers. So that happened, and that changed um, that changed that changed the actual makeup of the game, and uh, it affected it a lot in terms of um, goalkeepers. All of a sudden, had to change their style of play. There was a real hesitation in the when I was viewing the EPL at the time was goalkeepers hesitating to actually decide whether they should pick it up or kick it. They were unsure. So there's a lot of sort of you know hilarious moments in the, in the first um, first um, game games of the season, if you will. Um, so it did actually, I think it actually made a big difference and I think that's why it was done. So, um, that's where it's at. And just to, just, just a little bit of a timeline about all these rules that goalkeepers have got, got to understand. This is probably the most significant rule since 1912, where I didn't know that goalkeepers could actually handle the ball up to the halfway line. They couldn't pick it up, but they could handle it, which, which I didn't actually know about. So the, that was a rule from 1912, and there was another rule that came in where the goalkeepers could actually take four steps. So this was probably like the significant rule. Now, as you know, I'm talking a lot here, and I will let you speak, Richard. <laughs> um, I do follow cricket, and as you know, I'm a, one of these purists when it comes to cricket, and I hate these dilution of, of test match cricket, albeit nobody watches it and there's no TV ratings. Because I always say, well, it's a different sport. So this was a significant rule change, but I will I will say this. I think it actually it actually acts has improved the game, and it's eliminated a lot of the time wasting that used to happen. I used to know, bottom my beloved Liverpool in the eighties. This was a common thing they did: just took the ball, passed it back, took the ball, passed it back, took the ball, passed it back, repeat and rinse, repeat and rinse. It's great if you if you're defending a one nil lead, and I mean you'd think you would never actually lose the game, but I think this thing itself speeded up the game, and uh, it's. It's a significant point in the game, albeit it did happen in 1992, but I think we just take it for granted now in terms of, oh, there's a back pass, he's not supposed to pick it up. I think it's a significant change to the game. And uh, the other thing is you've got to sort of think the whole thing through in terms of in the old days, if you were 1-0 up, you'd just pass it back to the goalkeeper. What do players do now when they're trying to waste time? They run into the corners, don't they? They run into the Mm -hmm. corners of the team and just kill the time that way so you have to find creative ways of actually trying to trying to beat the system as well in terms of okay killing some time or by putting some suits and all running into the corners so there it is what's your observations yeah no you're right i mean 1990 world cup goes down as probably one of the worst dull um keepers holding on to the ball this was something that i didn't even know about until i kind of dug into it but that what keepers were actually doing what they would actually drop the ball dribble around then they were allowed to pick the ball back up again and then they can <laughs> dribble around some more and it would you know it would yeah. allow them to just waste clock so yeah so 90 right. goes down as like one of the dullest worst world cups ever um and and we we've got some fun information coming up about that in a future podcast to where we're going to talk about 90 and 94 yeah. so and you're right you're right because that one that one was one of those things where 
the quality wasn't great, but the drama was actually prevalent. <laughs> right, right. So, and here, here's the interesting thing too, right? So, '92, the rule comes out to where, yeah. and let for 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 the folks that are listening, let's let's give some specifics here, right? So, what we're saying is, in in 1990, um, a lot of back passing, a lot of ball holding, and a lot of things like that that were going on that made it really dull and defensive minded, right? You score yeah. a goal on a counter or a penalty kick, you basically are winning. A lot of one nothings. A lot yep. of one ones, a lot of nil nils, right? So right. what did they do? So the rule, th- there's actually two aspects to the rule. Right. And the first one came in '92 when it was first introduced and it was first brought into the summer into the Olympic Games. The first right. part is the no, the, the keeper cannot use their hands when it is a deliberate pass back to the keeper, right? Yep. So we'll say that in, in easy terms. So if yep. I deliberately kick it back to my keeper, the keeper cannot pick it up with his hands. It results in an indirect free kick for the opposition. Right. You also cannot flick the ball because there was there was one – there is sort of a caveat to where the ball can be directly headed back to you, but yeah. sort of in a way that like – if let's say the opposition is firing one back, you happen to just flick it backwards. The keeper yeah. can catch it. What they eliminated is you cannot actually say, okay, let me take the ball off my foot, flick it up in the air and I'll yeah. head it back to my keeper. Cause as you said, there are some really great listeners, guys, gals out there, go YouTube. Some of the headers that folks tried to do They're They're quite comical. It's fantastic. Yeah, I know. So that was, that was the first aspect. And it was kind of funny because when it was first introduced into, it caused a host of issues and confusion galore because, you know, you'd have a player kick it back to the keeper and the keeper's like, oh, you know, there was a lot of start and stops. You know, there's actually a famous goal in one of the first games of the 92 Summer Olympics. USA scores a 15 yard indirect against Italy, which I believe was probably the opening match. And <laughs> it was because of the confusion, because. Yeah. I forget who it was. The back pass to the keeper. The keeper sort of bends down, but yeah. then everyone's yelling at him, but he picks it up anyways, and it results in a 15-yard free <laughs> kick or indirect free kick, and the USA ends up going and scoring. Um, so it, it was it, – the, the comics around how much confusion it caused was, was fantastic. But that was the first part. Then they added – they amended the rule in 97. 97, they come out and say, okay, well, there was also one other thing we need to worry about, and that's no hands from a direct throw-in. Because that was also happening in, in my, some of my research that where you could actually a direct throw in back to your keeper. Yeah. So if you're deep in your own zone, you can throw back to the keeper. The keeper can catch it, put it down and result in a goal kick. Right. Yeah. That went, is introduced in 97. So then you can't use your hands from a direct throw in. Oh, really? I didn't know that one. Yeah. So that that was sort of an amendment in 97 as well. So yeah. that. And, and all this goes down to one really fundamental thing. And you you hit on it perfectly is that. It's funny that we're actually stating this, but I'm going to make two points here. Point number one, it's funny to say that soccer, football, wherever you're from and however you refer it to, it's the only sport where a keeper has impacted the changing of the game as much, yeah. right? It's it's incredible. No other sport has a goalie in hockey or field hockey or you know anything like that. For one position to single-handedly change the game, yeah. it, it's it's monumental. So that that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is the fact that this was probably – and it's funny that we're saying a rule was yeah. applauded as such a wonderful thing because of what it did for the game. Because like you said, it opened scoring. It opened it up and you know 
we'll we'll get into this about how keepers having to change how they learned how to play the game right because you introduce the whole sweeper keeper model into the mix right it's that that sort of fictitious you know um uh, I guess you could say talent had to be there, but it, th- those are just two things I want to point out. It's funny to say that a keeper can change it, and then the fact that we're, you know, because a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast on that wonderful VAR, you know, <laughs> not having so much success, <laughs> but here we are, UEFA putting in a rule that was so successful and really, really changed the game. So so that's a good segue to where I was going to go in terms of, even before the rule, there was, so, there was certain geniuses of the game, Mr. Cruyff himself, who always valued his keeper as like a sweeper. Right. And he didn't see him as like, oh, 10 players plus the keeper. He saw 11 players right. who could play with his feet. Yep. And he was a fan of that. He, in his Barcelona Dream Team, where he tried to sort of promote the issue about having a goalkeeper who was good with his feet and good with passing. Uh, I think I dropped off on Pep because when Pep uh, joined City, the rule itself influenced him, him and his philosophy. He got rid of England's number one at the time. God knows where he's now. He's probably England's number 20, Ian Hart. Mm. Replaced him with Claudio Bravo and uh, didn't like Claudio Bravo, replaced him with Edison. So yep. it, it rubbed off on him and that was a consequence of, of it before the rule. So in a sense, the rule itself was like, it wasn't, it was a no-brainer for, the, for that kind of philosophy in terms of the keeper is, should be should be good with his feet. Edison was right. actually a defender. Right. So it, it's, it's, ama- it's amazing how the keepers have probably trained for 10, 15 years. All of a sudden, the lights went out and they had to switch, and all of a sudden, they had to use their feet. I used to see instances of the key, go, the goalkeeper actually rolling the ball out outside of his 18 and just kicking the ball, ball mm-hmm. forward. Because um, it, it was almost like, okay, so I have to I have to almost treat this like I'm passing the ball. Yep. I mean, if you, if you look at the game itself in terms of, okay, so the goalkeeper is going to pick it up. Or can't pick it up with a back pass, right? Look at the dynamics of the game. You're going to get the attackers attacking the goalkeeper, attacking the 18. What that does is it leaves space in the midfield. You know, you got gaps in the midfield, right? So you can actually, if the goalkeeper is smart enough and good enough, and Edison proved that in his first two seasons, he was amazing in terms of how he used to pass the ball and find the spaces. You basically, if you have a goalkeeper who can play football, you can you can you can overcome the press and just pass it forward and get up the field and get it into the midfield. Yeah, well, I mean, so, look at look at what Allison's done the past yeah. couple of weeks. I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a who's who of a highlights reel on Twitter right. about right. you watch some of the ways he starts the counter. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it's with his feet or his hands. I mean, he he's got to have the vision to be able to do that. So they almost have to play. And again, I love the sweeper keeper thought process behind this yeah. because now. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm going to get a ball played directly back to me, and right. I now am either going to do one of two things: the ball's being played directly back to me because maybe I don't have the window on the right side like I'm looking for. Okay, so now it's my job to either switch the field or yep. to say, you know what, guys, I still see the weakness on the right side. Let's try again. So let me move the ball right. back over to the right side. Right. So they right. there's now a lot more decision making as opposed to just clock watching, which you can basically yep. say exactly. keepers exactly. were doing. Right. I'm going to make my saves. And and even I, I'll, I'll say one more thing, and I, I apologize for interrupting, but I'll say yeah, one sorry. more thing, too, is that it sort of changed the physical build of a keeper, right? Where back in the day, keepers were, you know, good height, big, kind of lanky kind of guys, you know, and, and you know what I mean? That was the keeper persona, really long arms, big reach, almost like if you think of like the NBA, right? You're looking for a center, you know, yeah. they're not going to move much, but they, they have enough 
enough agility to them to at least make the dives for the saves. Yeah, you're just trying here, to kill the goal. Yeah. Exactly. Here, you see some more compact. You see smaller keepers. De Gea, Naves, like you're seeing smaller he guys. He's faded in his, in his form, and he's a small, he's a small fella. Yeah, I mean, you see small guys because they're going to be used now for speed, for footwork, for decision making, and a lot, like you said before, some of them came from that back line. Some of them came from the defensive side. Right, right, and and if you want to look at look at you know for the folks out there, want to YouTube a few of these keepers who sort of adapted to this game. Peter Schmeichel played for Manu in the nineties. As much, as much as I detest Manu, he's one of the best goalkeepers I ever saw. And uh, he used to play. His passing wasn't great, but he played that. But he played that sweep and keep a keep a role, you know, up to it. But I think Manuel Neuer is the one everyone thinks about when you think of sweeper keeper, right? He was the one that sort right. of engineered that sort of mode of being the last line of defense. And it's it's a high risk game, but the key, the keeper itself is going he's going to have to be a very confident kind of player to actually take that take that um, position of being like the one who's going to be the last line of defense, regardless of what what goal actually goes through the the, the last line of defenders. Yeah. So it's um. It, it it it's a great thing that it's actually changed in terms of the game. I think, and I think, but you just take for granted what it was because because before that it was the game was actually slower. So I know we say now, oh, the game is much faster. So there's several factors to that, isn't there? The, the rule changes is one of them. The obviously the dietary things are the other things as well. But there's a lot of things like this which sort of culminate into making the game a little bit faster. I think it's good. Um, I mean, just just a pretext of that. When the when the when the rule originally came out, there was a lot of um and gnawing in the EPL at the time. I'm, I'm using my reference was the EPL because that's where my, my my main source of watching was when the rule came out. In terms of, well, it's just going to encourage goalkeepers to play more direct, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did, but I think I think it also helped them develop sort of additional skills. I think I think the goalie mindset took completely changed as a result of it, and. Um, it was a case of if you're good, you can actually position yourself in a, in a place where you don't have to worry about saving so many so many shots. So, right, right. I mean, like like we said before, I mean, you you look at somebody like Allison, and I'm going to pick on him just because of how much he's he, he's he's been there. <laughs> but I mean, you look at somebody like him, like I mean, you know, he's worth his weight in gold in a lot of the counters that he started. I mean, he you can honestly say that his decision making with the ball moving it forward. Yep. You know, com- directly contributes to goals. I mean, the, my favorite, and, and my mind is escaping me now, but the, the late the goal that was night, scored, one, yeah, where he goes running down the fields, right? Great slide <laughs> like, as well, yeah. I mean, makes it run to go celebrate with, with I believe it was Mane <laughs> who scored the goal. It was, of, it was, I think it was Mo, wasn't it, in the United Was game? it Mo? I can't remember, yeah, right? But he goes yeah, all the yeah. way down there to celebrate with him. Like, right? so, so someone like him who was directly impacting that, um, I think is becoming huge. And I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of teams that look for that now because, I mean, if you think about it, that that one particular play that we're pointing at with Mo Salah, like the midfield, like, there was no need for a midfield. Like he cleared 60, 70 yards of the pitch to get that ball forward, right. gets on Mo's foot and boom, there's a goal. So um, I think you're going to – I love it. I, I love what it did for the game. Um, I, I love – I also – the thing that I, I will say too is that I love I, – I love how quickly it impacted. I think – People sort of take these things for granted, right, where a rule is introduced and it takes some time. Like, again, going back to VAR, right? It's taking (laughs) some time to figure it out. It's working in some areas. It doesn't work in others. This was something that literally overnight just changed the game, right? Because it it, it literally – it 
exactly going back to your point before with Cruyff, it made 11 people on the pitch a part right. of the team. It was right. no longer 10 and 1. It was 11 people on the pitch. And exactly. they were all going to have some impact on the game. And it was immediate. And it was it was immediate at comical at first because players not really understanding and the adapting to the confusion. So, but so, so there's, a, there's, there's a great story of Man City in a preseason where they were trying to they were playing some preseason game. I think it might have been in Germany somewhere where the goalkeepers couldn't figure out, oh, is that a back pass or not? And he, I think he went for it, and he broke his leg in the process. I mean, it's yeah. funny. It's funny looking looking back at it over time, but you can see the sort of chaos it actually generated in the preseason in terms of, okay, I have not done this for the last ten years of my career. Now you're telling me to do something that I haven't done before. You're asking me to what? Now I've got to think about this thing. So the the natural reaction would probably be just to kick it out as as quickly as possible. But the other the other interesting thing you raised there about about the Allison situation, I'm not going to bore everybody with my Liverpool bias, so I apologise. But <laughs> he's kicking it while he's throwing it in the air. You see, and that's actually a lot. So my earlier point, what I said to you before, um, keepers were actually throwing it on the floor because it's easier to pass the ball when it's on the floor rather than when it's in mid air. Right. 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 So, um, yep. it, it, I saw a lot of that in the in the, in the, in the initial years of the back pass rule being introduced. Keepers were just thrown out of their eighteen, just like trying to pass the ball. Right. Ball. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's there are keepers that are very good at picking their spots. You know, mm. Courtois. Um. You know, Neuer, like um, Chesney, like these 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 are keepers that are very very good at picking their spots. I mean, I'll even give he's still young, but you know, I'll Donnarumma in, in Milan. He they're they're very good. No, at, his brother. You know, they one. no, not his brother, the real one. They yeah. they know where to put the ball in a position for it to, you know, work into the system that's trying to be made. Like a lot of these keepers. Yeah. I mean, it was just let me just bomb the ball deep just to get it out. Right. Let me just yeah. progress it forward. Now there's sort of a really a real method to the madness because, you know, keepers are adapt to say, OK, I've got. My, my left mid has got, you know, a, a, an overheight matchup or my forwards kind of cheating in a little bit, you know, like an Ibrahimovic who's tall or a Cristiano yeah. who's tall. I see him on a, on a smaller defender. So I'll play the ball to him because I know he's going to win the header. Like there, there's now an actual strategy to actually the goal kick or the goal play. Yeah. And, and I love it. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I think so. It, so so it, got me, it got me thinking because, you know, I like to think about weird things. So. The rule came. The rule came in as a result of 1990. But do you remember that game we talked about in '82, the the Germany Austria game, which was allegedly rigged, but wasn't proven to be rigged. Of course. But how many back passes were in that game? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even that game would have been speeded up. So I just think of crazy, crazy scenarios like this, where it was just like, oh, he's just going to pass it go with goalkeeper. There's no point. It was, yeah. I just instantly thought of that game and how how different it would have been. I know, it might have been a little bit exciting. I'm not sure if it still would be the same outcome, but I just think in those situations, which basically just just keep the ball, fellas, just don't do anything yeah. with it, just give yeah. the guy go. Yeah, and my <laughs> my brain goes the opposite direction. My brain goes to God. How many more goals would have been scored if this was back then? The Pele eras, the Maradona eras, like the you know those 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 great you know Latin American teams yeah. and those like how many more goals because of the fact that the play had to keep moving the ball had to be distributed and how many more you know connecting passes from you know the the, the keeper right. to the mid third to the front right. third like right. it, I almost wonder how much more exciting yeah the rule, been rule and, itself not just for the goalkeeper the actual entire game itself was changed wasn't it it was a case yeah. of he's had to be open to receive a pass from the goalkeeper so it, it did actually right. change a lot 
Right. And I, that, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. thing about the rule that's exciting is that it didn't it didn't just change how the back line plays the ball to the keeper. It literally opened the game up right? Um, because of the keeper can't just dance around with the ball. The ball's got to move back forward. Right. Right. I and mean, just an interesting segue into that is this year, the, this year, I think uh, they brought in the rule in terms of when the goalkeeper and just, just focusing on goalkeepers here that before you had to have your players outside the 18 before you could pass the ball from the goal kick, goal, the goal line, I should say. Mm-hmm. Now you can, now you, now you got another thing to think about. You can have your, you can have your players inside the box, try to play it. So I know it's a little bit of segue from the from the back pass rule, but it's tied to the goalkeepers. And I saw something I read I, or I heard something the other day about Catuso and uh, Napoli. How he's um, he put six players on the on the eighteen to pull all the players to, to press because mm-hmm. if you got six of your own players sort of receiving the ball, you can't have six players in the out position coming and. Uh, pressing on the on the ball it's just a just a different way of actually trying to trying to receive the ball it's just yep. a it's another rule another another, another way that goalkeepers got to think a little bit more in terms of how they uh, keep possession and they play the ball out from the back yeah yeah so it's, it, it's like i said it's incredible what it did it's incredible how it's changed the game i think it's changed the game for the better you know there there's a great um there's a couple of great articles that I read, um, you know, specifically in, in in some of the stuff that I was doing. And I, I think it's in one of the books that we were we were talking about, but um, about how much this is considered one of the most popular and successful rule changes in the history of this game. Because of, again, how quickly it changed. It changed the position for the better. It changed the game for the better. And it just it moved things a little bit more. And I think, you know, the evolution of the game, the uptick in scoring, things like that can all be attributed to that. Granted, yeah. there's still the Mourinho's of the world that like to park the bus. Granted, there's still the Italian national teams that still play defensive minded and think that they're going to live on the one nothing games. Yeah. But um, for the most part, um, you know, with that does come some um, some risk reward. So I, I think it's been great. Absolutely. And uh, I, I love it. I, you know, I'm I'm. Uh, I, I hope one day down the road VAR gets to that point, which I highly doubt it ever will. But well, yeah, yeah. Let's let's not ruin it by talking about VAR because yeah, I, that's true. I, I, had, I had a headache last time we yeah. talked about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, but it was it's uh, it was good. A good I, job. I think I think just uh, just just one for the listeners out there. We're going to be looking at a few of the quirky rules that we just take for granted and see how they have made it to the game as well going forward. Yep, yep. These will be fun ones because again, we'll we'll compare the good, we'll compare the bad. But I think some of the best things that I've watched in my research and, and reading a lot about this stuff is that, you know, just what happens when the rule gets implemented and how the play gets confusing. Those are some of the most comical things. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's almost day. like the previous season finished. And it's like, OK, we've got this new rule now. It's like, oh, yeah, you not give us to get practicing. Oh, no, no, like, yeah, you'll come I, back I, from I, for the season. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wait, 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 I have to learn how to play all over again. What is this? Yeah. So. Yeah. So all in all, good rule. I enjoy it. I think it's been great for the game. Your thoughts? I agree. And uh, that's it, right? We've covered everything, haven't we? Yeah, Yeah. we have. Okay, listeners, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, guys, remember, you can always find us on Twitter at footy footy underscore glory. Come join the conversation. If there's any rules that you know of or you think of that you'd like to have us cover, um, there are some crazy ones out there. Um, You know, Sid finding things from 1912, which is typical. yeah, I know. No, no, I'm very old, as you can tell. Yeah. Look at so, yeah. just let us know. We'll look forward to. It. And like I say, we got a few more in the bag um, coming up. Um, we got some fun ones coming up pretty soon around World Cups 
and some of the great villains of the game. So uh, look forward for those pretty soon. But until then, Sid, it's been a wonderful evening as usual. Likewise, Richard. And we will talk again soon. Cheers, all.